0: Today, we are giving it away for free again, Smarties. We are sharing our greatest study hack. Today, we're going to deep dive into the three questions every learner should be asking on an ongoing basis, why it's critical to teach your learner how to think like this, and what to do once your learner has implemented this strategy. If you are new here... My name is Rachel, and I co-host this podcast with Stephanie. We both have our own educational therapy practices, and if you are interested in signing up for a phone call with either one of our practices, you can do so on our website. My business is therapy.com, K-A-P-P, and we specialize in learners with ADHD and executive functioning issues, and Steph's practice is www.myedtherapist.com, and they 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 do all the things. So go ahead and sign up for a phone call with us, and we'd be honored to get to chat with you, learn about you, and support your family through the educational therapy process. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast.
1: Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 184 of Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today we're talking about our greatest study hack.
0: Before we do, we just wanted to say we hope everybody had a lovely Thanksgiving. Yes. Steph, did you have a lovely Thanksgiving?
1: I did have a lovely Thanksgiving. Did you? Good. I did as well. Good.
0: <laughs> we wanted to talk about this because it was something that I was noticing with the learners that we were working with at CAP Educational Therapy Group. And this is a study hack that can be cultivated, but you got to make your learners aware of it. And it's really about being reflective about what the teacher has highlighted as important. And that's a question that we often ask learners as they're preparing to study, you know, right before Thanksgiving, all the teachers are doing all the tests to finish up one last unit right before Thanksgiving, right?
1: Right. Well, yeah, because finals are coming.
0: Right. There's always that mad rush before Thanksgiving.
1: That last push. Yep.
0: And so one of the questions we've been asking is, what does the teacher think is important?
1: Mm -hmm. You know that that's one of my favorites.
0: Right. The savvy student will be able to answer it most of the learners in our practice haven't even considered it. And so we decided to do an episode on this to kind of give some framework to the question. And also, it's not too late in this current semester to have these conversations with students, but it's really great for them to go into the next semester sort of thinking about this. And this doesn't have to be something that's totally explicit. You don't have to discuss it every session, but a check-in about a class that is test heavy. This is a really good way of sort of monitoring what the student is taking away because teachers are telling our students what is important to them all the time.
1: Yeah. And it's so hard for them to distinguish sometimes because it just feels like an onslaught of information or there's so much information in the textbook But taking a step back and noticing that maybe the teacher's not talking about everything in that chapter is really eye-opening for a lot of kids. So really focusing on what is the teacher emphasizing is a really great question to have them ask themselves.
0: Yep. And we're going to give some more deeper strategies. So we want to be asking our learners, what has the teacher been emphasizing? And you're right, Steph. This requires students to have a more zoomed out approach, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are working with students who can only see the trees, not the forest, this is a really great way to teach them how to look at the forest as a whole. Yeah, We want to talk about what is important to the teacher. Usually there's big themes that they are repeating over and over and over again. And how well are you understanding that topic? We're not looking for details here, right? The story that I always think about, you know that Mr. Holland's opus teacher? Yeah, I know. That we all have? Yeah. We would have chapter tests for AP US and AP Euro and later on AP Psych. And I was pretty spot on at predicting what the essay question was going to be. Mm -hmm. And my friends would be like, what do you think? And I'm like, this is what I think. And then I would prepare mnemonics based off what I expected the question to be. And generally, I could adapt them, but we'll talk more about this. This is just one of the things that I think about when I'm teaching learners how to do this. So we want to teach our learners to be reflective. So what does that mean? It means if you're going to take a really targeted approach to this, you can have the learner summarize the teacher's lesson and what was discussed in class that day, In one sentence and writing it next to the lecture notes.
1: Yes. So now we're going to go back to, we've talked about this before. A lot of students really struggle with the one sentence approach, Mm -hmm. right? They'll make it some run-on sentence.
0: Right. They think they have to include everything.
1: Right. So if you have a student or learner who's doing that, have them start out with whatever they want to give you and then have them condense it even more, condense it even more, fewer sentences, fewer sentences down to one, Yep. they're going to probably need to work through that aloud with you. Correct. Because it's very hard for them to really look at what is really important about all the things that they're talking about when they're telling you.
0: Like what are the essential components?
1: Mm-hmm. It's very hard because as you said, many students see all the trees. So this tree, this tree, this tree, that makes up the forest rather than There's a few trees in the forest. You know, just taking the different approach and looking at it from a different angle is really, really hard for a lot of kids. So helping them work through that, and that might be one of those things where it's an end goal to have one sentence. They might not be ready for the one sentence, but that's the end goal. It could be a couple sentences if that's where they need to start, depending on their age. And this is
0: something that you also taught me, Steph, is having them write the social media caption. Yeah, I love that. Right? That's a really great way for students to sort of framework what was important to the teacher or what was discussed that day. Yeah. Honestly, they can pick emojis. They can do it in Snapchat and like all the stuff that they put on top of it. Put it on top, you know? Yeah. Take a picture of the text and have them decorate it as if they're sharing it on social.
1: Yeah, and they spend time thinking about what they're going to write on social. So they can spend a minute figuring out what they would describe their learning too. Mm -hmm.
0: By using this study hack and using this strategy, it allows learners to predict what is to think about and predict what is going to be on the test, predict what is important to the teacher, and predict what the essay question could be about. And then once those predictions are made, you can take action. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've been a longtime listener of the podcast, you've heard our other study episodes and we will link those in the show notes, but this is a very specific one for a very specific type of class, a lecture heavy class, and one where the teacher creates their own tests as opposed to using the formulaic one. Although... Honestly, this study hack would work with the formulaic one as
1: well. Yeah, because somebody made that one up.
0: Somebody made it up and the teacher knows what's going to be on that. And so they're going to, I don't want to say teach to it, but teach with an awareness of what's going to be on the exam. And so once your student is able to make predictions, there are actionable steps. Obviously, all students should be red light, green lighting and doing that, especially for multiple choice questions. And also for essays. But once the predictions are made, they can create a fake essay question.
1: Yep. You know, I love it.
0: And practice writing what their answer would be. Now, Mm -hmm. this is where I was sharing with the story when I used to do this as a student. And this wasn't just in high school. I did this in college as well. And we really didn't have essay tests in grad school, did we? But it doesn't have to be a full written out essay. But the themes need to be clear. So what I would do is like, what were the reasons for World War II? Like a really broad and complicated question, right? So I would go in and I would be like, okay, the way World War I ended led to a bunch of things that led to World War Two, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'd write those thematic big concept ideas. And then I would come up with a mnemonic with a sentence that each word in the sentence would reflect back. mm mm-hmm. And then that would become sort of the outline for the essay. Even if I was slightly incorrect about what the essay topic would be, I could still adapt.
1: You could pivot.
0: Yep. That's why it's important to think about what would your plan be if you're correct about the essay question? And what big topics would you have to cover in your answer? And usually these big themes and topics... Like I said, can be adjusted to fit whatever questions you're actually given. And if you're lucky, you have a teacher who gives a couple essay questions and then you pick the one that you like the most, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The one that works best for the mnemonic. So it's just a really simple way to go in prepared. I definitely remember like driving to school, maybe less so when I was the driver, but my dad taking me to school and me kind of. Thinking about it 20 minutes before mm-hmm. that I was going to take the test, and my dad goes, This is going to work. I'm like, I don't know. It's worked every other time. I don't recommend that, <laughs> doing it at the last second like that. Because then I would get there and I would confirm with Kristen, who is one of my best friends in high school. We were very competitive about grades and stuff. And I'm like, This is what I think. She's like, Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we hope that this study hack has allowed you to think about studying in sort of a different way. Steph, is there anything you want to add?
1: Think about what we always say about how you take in the information and you do something with it. Make some action, whatever it is. You know, we love having students make fake exams and all of that. But there might be something that works for you or your student that might work better. So this is just an example. So whatever you do, finding what your jam is will help. Yep.
0: Yep. We just wanted to get you guys thinking about studying in sort of a non traditional way and being really savvy mm-hmm. about where and why you are spending time preparing. Exactly. All right. If you want your learner to work on skills such as this with either one of our practices, myedtherapist.com, capedtherapy.com, spelled with a K and two Ps, to sign up for a phone call, we'd be honored to work with your families. We love getting to work with our podcast fam, don't we, Steph?
1: Oh, yeah, we do. We love teaching them how to learn smarter, don't we? Yeah. (laughs) Have a great week, Smarties. Have a great week.